0: Psalm 105, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice, look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit.
1: When there were but few in number, few indeed, and strangers in it, they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. He allowed no one to oppress them, for their sake he rebuked kings. Do not touch my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. He called down from fan, he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food, and he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a the slave. They bruised his feet with shackles, his neck was put in irons, till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of God proved him true. The king sent and released him; the ruler of peoples set him free he made him master of his household ruler over all he possessed to instruct his princes as he pleased and teach his elders wisdom then israel entered egypt jacob resided as a foreigner in the land of ham
2: genesis it's a uh, it's quite appropriate i suppose as Helena said to have genesis on a new year's first sunday in the new year because We're all in that kind of new beginning mode, aren't we? Um, And uh, next week, the, the series proper will start, and we'll be all going on a journey to Exodus, through the desert, all of that. And the question that I want to tease out this morning, what did they learn from Genesis that helped them travel through the wilderness? Because... 2015 will in some way or other be a bit like a wilderness for us. That, that God is our Father, but he doesn't just smooth it all out in front of us and make it easy. Not always. Occasionally that happens. But generally speaking, he takes us through situations that we would probably not choose to go through. It's life. At the course of our lives, it's not different. It's just how we walk through it that's different. So, what was it that came out of Genesis that helped them on their good days to do the Exodus? That—that's my question. Because that's why we sang, "Guide me, Although Thou Great Jehovah." It wasn't a kind of nationalistic moment. It, it was—we are—we are—we are on a journey through a wilderness. And what do we need to learn? Well, Genesis. I, I, some of us will have read it. Some of us won't. Well, it, it starts with the creation. It it begins with God making the world, and as the pinnacle of the creation, He 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 made man and woman, Adam and Eve, and uh, that things were fine. I don't know for how long, and then it all went pear shaped. They, they, they made some wrong choices, got separated from God, and uh, the fall, as we describe it, occurred. And uh, mankind, all of their descendants, just had this tendency to sin from then on. And that's just caused all kinds of... Well, you just have to read your newspaper. We can see what that is, how that's affected the human race ever since. And uh, that, that in, the, in the midst of that... The Genesis follows just the family line: Noah, remember him, big boat, and and uh, and and to Abraham and Isaac and just the family, just generation. Jacob, uh, and then Joseph, uh, and Joseph was the one, as Psalm one hundred and five reminded us. Joseph was the one who kind of was badly parented, and uh, kind of didn't get on with his brothers, and uh, they, they flogged him to some tr- some. Traders who were heading to Egypt, and he was incarcerated. And then God gave him dreams. Have you heard the story? And uh, he became the kind of prime minister. So when the famine came, they, they, the, the family had someone in high places, he arranged things. It's the whole story, you have to read Genesis. Uh, and so they, the whole family by then ended up in Egypt. And the Exodus is just the story of how they got back from Egypt to where they were in the Promised Land previously. So what kept them going? Now, I, I ju- just three things. I am a preacher. So just, just three things that, uh, and, and three passages of Scripture that I just want to draw, what I think will be helpful for us in this coming year. The first passages of Scripture, of course, is where it all begins. Uh, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. It's the beginning. It's when God made everything out of nothing. <laughs> Matter is not eternal, God is eternal. And th- through this word "Fiat," that, uh, that that's not a car, that, that means something that's made out of nothing. that there must have been an unearthly bang. They call it the Big Bang. Uh, can you imagine the noise if you had ears? I suppose you didn't have ears at the time but imagine it anyway of uh, of god of all of that matter coming into being and just being flung out uh, uh, as in in terms of causality and everything just out bang and that that uh, it was this creating it's, it, it's our origin it's it's where we came from and and then the way that the BBC, Anti, they used to call her, um, you watch the European Space Agency's Rosetta spacecraft um, feel like it landing, yeah, on uh, co- Comet 67P, remember? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was fascinating. You know, it's great to see, just like an ordinary bit of rock. Um, and then, unfortunately, it bounced, remember, and landed in the shadow and all of that. Anyway, I... Emmy is going to sort it out. <laughs> uh, the thing that struck me, and probably struck you, is how far secular is, the secularization process has gone. That we, this was going to show us where life came from and where water came from, and we were going to be able to trace the origins of the universe somehow, and uh, God didn't get a look in that the, the secularization and just the Western skepticism, and I was going to say my friend Richard Dawkins, I can't really say that, but uh, this, is, this is one of Richard Dawkins, the God delusion man, yeah? Um, my eyes are constantly wide open. I've got a screen here. My, you can look at that one. My, my eyes are constantly wide open to the extraordinary fact of existence. Good not just human existence, but the existence of life and how this breathtakingly powerful process, which is natural selection, has managed to take the very simple facts of physics and chemistry and build them up into redwood trees and humans. I don't know who Mr. Natural Selection is, but he's an awfully clever person. But... That it's almost as if the the, the process has, has got to that stage where there's no God, so there's no point, there's no process, there's no meaning, there's no end. And of course, Genesis doesn't look at it like that at all. Genesis looks it rather differently, doesn't it? And I think the first thing that Genesis taught the people of God for the wilderness is that God is behind everything. In the whole process of life, I live before God. There is a creator. We have a maker. I do have a ground of being, if you're a philosopher. I, there is a source. We, we do have origins and roots. And history. We do fit in somewhere. Life is not random and chaotic and meaningless. There is a big story. There is a meta-narrative. There was a beginning. There there is a creator. Things did go wrong initially. God has been faithfully preparing. And a saviour came. And a new people A new creation waiting for a new heaven and an end to all that went wrong. That's the narrative. That's the story. And you and I fit into it. God has a plan. I, I, I'm not, he's not just making it up as he goes along. You and I live in a world where there is a creator God who not only made the world, but will solve its major ill. And the people of, of uh, walking through the desert lived with the big God and the big story clearly before them. It explains who I am. I'm not just a bundle of atoms. I am, I am part of God's creation initially. It gives me meaning. It shows where I fit in and where I came from. And uh, that Paul, remember, he, he, he went to Athens, to, the, to Mars Hill, the Areopagus, and, and started speaking to secularists. Remember? In, in, in Acts 17... The, the God who made the world, he he's unap- unapologetic. This is his starting point. This is where, essentially, the difference between you and your non-Christian neighbor, this is where it starts. The God who made the world and everything in it, the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples built by hands. He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. That's the first point. Sometimes as Christians, we can live on a Monday as if before God, and then we get to work. No, no, no. No, no, we, all of our lives, we live as those who are part, of, before God, of this, that, that traveling through the wilderness, knowing that as a, the God, God is, uh, has ordered this, will provide for us, will care for me, fundamental to the Exodus journey. We, did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, yeah we did. Our, our, our grandchildren came. It's great to see them come. And uh, when, when they come, they come into Nan and Tide's world. I'm Tide, that's Nan. They come into Nan and Tide's world. Apparently, it smells the same. I don't know what they mean by that, but that was one observation that was made. I, it always smells normal to me. But uh, they, 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 they they make a beeline for Tide's study. I have to lock the drawers, depending on which family's coming. I, I lock the drawers and I hide the key before they arrive. But they... they, they they, they, they come in, and it, it's obvious to them that this world is there, Nan and Tide world, and that it's there all the time. And uh, when, they, when they enter into it, it's, it's just always going to be the same. They don't always see it, but it's always there in the minds of the grandchildren. I mean, it's a, this is where the, 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 the parallel breaks down. God is always God. And he's always around us. And he's always there. In him, we live and move and have our being. Don't be a secularist by Tuesday. The second passage that I I want us to look at is Abraham. um, His dad, Terah, had come down from Ur of the Chaldees, arrived at Haran, parked his caravan when he got there. And, uh, and then the Lord appears to Abraham to tell him to move on. And the, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people and your father's household and go to the land. I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation and I will bless you. And I'll make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse. Uh, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left and the Lord, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. It is just a fact, this great God who made it all chose a man. He singled out a family. He, he didn't do that to the exclusion of all others. He did that to bless all others But he worked through a certain family. He called them. He selected them. He elected them. He he predestined purpose in his own purposes that through this line of people, an individual, his family, which became a nation and a huge multitude, that... This was God's purpose all along. He wasn't going to work with the mass of mankind initially, or it, it, he was going to work especially. He, he he was purposing that to to work through this chosen people, these favoured people. It's not that he didn't like the others. He was going to bless the others through these people, these favoured people. For his purposes and pleasure and glory. And of course that's what we had in Psalm 105, wasn't it? That God made a covenant. He made a special deal with these people. For his wider purposes. But all the time he worked through a people. And of course we are that people, aren't we? That's Abraham. Those are the stars. And... uh, God just started with one, and just how the purpose of God has spread. So that Peter can write, but you are a chosen people. You, you, Thornhill Church, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Into his marvellous light. Once you were not a people. But now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy. Remember that? Do you remember that? It's a long time ago. But I remember that. But now. Now. And and God has called you. If you're a Christian. He's called you to be part of his people. (laughs) You've become one of his favoured, his, his select, his elect, his, those he's predestined his purpose through.
1: How wonderful.
2: I mean, is, is there anything more important about your identity but that God has set his favour on you? I can't imagine why, because I have the privilege of looking at you and thinking, is this, is this true? It says so here, but it doesn't look like it there. But we are the people of God. And we are God's people on a journey. And it, the wilderness isn't going to be an easy place. To, don't, uh, I'm sorry to spoil the party, because somebody's told you that 2015 is going to be the most significant year. For you. It might be, but it might be one of pain. There might be trouble like you've never had. But it's fundamentally important that I know that whatever 2015 brings me, God is God over it all. And I have been called one of his people. And I'm not on my own in this. I, 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 I'm I, that God has called me, selected me, elected me, called it whichever you... And my, my primary identity is in Christ, isn't it? I mean, you've been reading Ephesians. And... Uh, In him we are also chosen. Ah, there we are again. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything in conformity to the purpose of his will in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, You were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. On this line, God has brought us into the plan. Ah! And it it doesn't matter whether you're outsized or skinny. It, It doesn't matter whether you're loaded or bust. It doesn't matter whether you're clever or thick. It really doesn't matter. I'm so happy about that. The, the most important thing about me is that I have come into Christ and I'm part of this people. I'm a descendant of Abraham. Abraham is the father, according to, to Romans four eleven, of all those who believe. When, when Joel got out of the car at Tides, he's five right he walked up the drive he's painted tied a rocket and and so the rocket was in in his left hand uh, because you know he was cu- he's he, he didn't ring on the doorbell and kind of stand there straight I mean they scream as they run in the door you know because his family and he'd brought tied a rocket colored but he hadn't just brought tied a rocket he'd he would He'd he'd brought this cue. He'd got his dad to ring up before he came to make sure that the snooker table was set up in the conservatory. He's five. He has to use Nan's kitchen. Nan has a... Because she's not very big. She she has a little stool to stand on to get to the top cupboard. Do Do you know the problem? I have no idea of the problem. But... So, so Joel had, had to get Nan's stool to stand on, to see over the top of the bay, to hit the queue. But he came knowing who he was. He, he entered with a picture for Tide and his queue ready. I trust that you start 2015 like that. God is your father. He loves you dearly. You're part of his family. He's called you, selected you, elected you for his purpose in your life and through your life to affect many others. But the third thing, the third passage I want us to look at is Abram's nephew Lot got into a bit of bother, got taken off to Sodom. And uh, so the the, the Lord appeared to Abraham again after this, after that shenanigan. The word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, oh, sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him, This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness very important verse in the whole of genesis it it was a bit of a shock i suppose it was one of those gobsmacking moments for an old man i mean he was 75 so old was he now i say he might be in but you you may not but anyway he passed it i mean he his wife was even older my mum's 94 so i know what it looks like it's, to be honest, it's not the kind of news I'd want to hear. I mean, having them when you're young is bad enough, but when you're in your 90s, heavens. But he was quite happy about it, that he saw the promised son as, as promise, as descendants, as inheritance, legacy, significance, abundance. But it was how it all works that just clicked in. One of the most... It, that Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham is the father of believers and in this purpose of God, it's all about faith, stupid. It's all about believing. It's all about trust. There's something started here with Abraham that we just need to get in place again. And and Abraham was tested. That was the whole point of life not being easy. If it was all rolled out for us like a magic carpet and we just had to walk into 2015 and pick the fruit, we wouldn't learn to trust in God at all. If it wasn't for adversity, we, we wouldn't know what dependence means. So God has all kinds of wonderfully designed trials for us in this coming year. Is that good? So, so we will learn to trust him, and we'll walk by faith with him. And remember that, that, that Isaac arrives, and then God says, well, go on and make an offering on Moriah, remember? And, and after the, 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 there's this lamb or whatever it was caught in the thicket and offered that instead, I swear by myself, Genesis 22 declares the Lord that because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand in the seashore. It was faith all the way for Abraham. He had to trust God for himself. So that when the writer to the Hebrews is described, remember chapter 11, at the faith chapter? Abraham is a bit of a celebrity. And there's a whole, I'll read it quick, there's a whole series of verses. Listen, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. For he was looking forward to the city and foundations of an architect and builder is God. By faith, Abraham... Even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was unable to become the father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac. Abraham reasoned with God that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Ab- Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. And the, the, the whole principle of Genesis, that there was just vital) <laughs> I mean, could you imagine Moses going up and facing Pharaoh to say, let my people go if he hadn't got confidence that God had purposed to do it? Can you imagine what it would be like walking up to the Dead Sea if God hadn't given you a clear promise he was going to take you to the other side? And what would it be like when you've got all these people and donkeys and all the rest of it charging through a wilderness and you've got no kind of taps, water tankers? I mean, what does it mean to trust God? And of course, the Exodus is all about that. It's by faith. We have to walk by faith. Uh, in 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 2015, we'll have to trust His word again. We, even when we can't see, the desert might be difficult, but but His promises are true. God's promises will be true in 2015, and that's the deal. That's how it was. Paul writing in Romans 4, what shall we say then that Abraham our father discovered in this matter? In fact, Abraham was justified by by works. He had something to boast about, but not before God. What does this scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. So Paul is drawing the very phrases here out of Genesis. And of course, it's the same when James 2.23 and Galatians 3. Where Paul says, "What do we? Didn't we have everything we have by faith? Isn't that the whole point? We have to walk blind through life. We don't always see what we need to see and want to see at the point when we when we want to see it. That there are times when the when the desert around us is going to be troubling to us, but we 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 live in a world with a God who orders it." We, we live in a world of a God who has, who has called us into his family. And, and we have his word that enables us to walk on promises. And I don't think there's any way to get through the wilderness apart from walking on his promises. They'd never have made it otherwise. Hey, again, Romans 4 saying of Abraham, no distrust made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Ah, what a lesson to learn in Genesis to help you on your exodus. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. My last picture. Oh, that should have come up earlier. That was the hint as to how it all works for you in 2015. So Joel is five. This is, the ch- this is the little chap with his stool, with Nan's stool. And uh, that, uh, he just had his tonsils out, so it spoiled Christmas a bit for the poor chap. But uh, the month before, he come to stay with Nan and Tide, and he, wa- he wants to go up a mountain. Tide's always walking up mountains. So this is Tide and Joel, on their way up Van Vaur. He hasn't got a claim where he's going. He can't read a map. And he doesn't know how to align a compass. He's never been there before. But he's going up a mountain with his tide. He got to the top, had his Kit Kat, and walked all the way down again. He was walking by faith. He was trusting his tide, that tide knew what he was doing. <laughs> Dangerous thing. And the, 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 the parallel breaks down there as well. It, that he knew, tide knew where he was going. And he knew what was ahead. And would look after him. If any, and it's exactly the same. We walk by faith as well. And this is how we face 2015. We're not, we don't take a secular view. We believe that this world is creation. People constantly talk about Mother Nature. Wrong, that there is a creator God who orders the world as we know it. And out of the mass of humanity, he has selected a people for his own purpose. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you're part of that blessed company. And that blessed company lives before God, trusting his word, walking as he leadings, just like Joel. I do hope at the beginning of 2015 that this God is your God. Are you still struggling as the secular view of things just dimmed your view of that this God is the living God? That's what the worship's been about this morning. Thank you, the team. But that this God, has God called you? Have have we responded to his call? And in 2015, is it is this my purpose? Is this... Is, is this how I intend to move from here? To live and walk trusting him? Walking on his word, confident of his pleasure and his purpose for me. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, we thank you that there is a promised land waiting for those who are yours by faith in Jesus. We thank you for heaven. We thank you for the prospect of a glory where all that was lost in the fall will be restored in Christ and there will be glory and the full measure of God's purposes forever. We're very conscious, Lord, that we're not there yet. And that we're heading there like an exodus. And we ask you, Lord, that in this next phase of our journey in 2015, you'll help us to live conscious that you are the God and that we live and move and have our being in you. Lord, in this coming year, will you please save us from that short sighted view that lives as if you're not watching? and caring. Will you, Lord, just let our identity in Christ, of being those called, those selected, elected, just be a wonder to us that the cross should have bought a people for God and that through the gospel we've come to a place where we are part of that people on that God's particular purpose. Lord, will you let the wonder of that just so, not only thrill us, but make us secure. But will you also, Lord, help us in this coming year to trust you, to walk on promises, to know that you have made every provision, however difficult the immediate prospects might be, that the medium term and the long term are outstandingly wonderful. And Lord, will you help us to walk confident in you? In Jesus' name.
0: Amen.